Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Every week we take apart a different area of church life and look at it from a strategic point of view. This is only the first half of the conversation that you'll get. If you want to get the full conversation, you'll need to join our members podcast. It only costs the price of one coffee per month, so it's well worth doing it. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church and click podcast on the menu at the top. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Well, good evening, Lee. Hello, how are you doing? I I am very well, thank you, Chris. And yes, evening to you too. Good evening. And I, I'm going to start uh, today's podcast with some uh, correspondence that we've got um, via um, good old snail mail. Now, this was left on my uh, my desk, um, otherwise known as the dining room table. So I'm guessing that this is correspondence. It was clearly meant for me. And I think, so this is from my six-year-old daughter, Indy. And I believe that this is indicative and it's, I would say this is a worrying thing. This is what she left on my, next to my computer. I could only assume she's hinting at something. This is what it says. Diamonds are the best friend to the girls and diamonds stay forever. Everybody loves diamonds because everyone loves diamonds. Diamonds are the best friends to the girls. Everyone loves diamonds. Diamonds are the best friends to the girls. There we are, correspondence for you. I think that's a worrying sign uh, that my six-year-old daughter is that into diamonds already. Um, yes, there we are. It's um, There's a lot of truth in that then. <laughs> Yeah. Is, is, it, is this nature or nurture? Should we get Ames on and have a chat with her? Well, maybe that's what's been going on. I think then, it will, yeah, there's a certain amount of nurture clearly that's going to be involved in that. <laughs> well, with uh, my, my, my daughter has her birthday coming up tomorrow. Oh, um, fantastic. And uh, her party at the weekend is a pamper party and she's seven. And I'm, I'm, I'm not. As much as I am okay with it, in equal measure, not okay with this. Yeah. Um, it is the uh, yeah the, the whole the whole setup. But hey, look, hair and nails. I think it's going to make them all happy, including yeah. I think it will all be good fun. But she didn't ask for diamonds. She did ask no. for an iPad. But <laughs> yes, well, an iPad. That's yeah. That's pretty big. So, I mean, these, yeah, I think what we're saying is when I was seven, I'm pretty sure all I wanted was actually, no, I think I wanted to be a Formula One racing driver. I mean, obviously, clearly that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I, probably, I think, oh, I don't know. I think I asked for a bike. I don't know. Genuinely, I'm not sure I can remember back that far. That's, uh... no, I don't think I can either. Um, it was a long time ago. But well, you know. Anyway, but m- many, you know, many things have passed since then, and I, nowadays I get to the point where I don't even know what I want for my birthday, and so that's just how it yeah. goes. Well, anyway, happy birthday to Iris, and uh, uh, that's very cool. Ha- many happy returns for tomorrow to her. Should we get on with uh, today's episode? Let's. Okay. Let's. What 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 we're we going to talk about, Chris? Well, so uh, Lee, I messaged you earlier today and said what I wanted to talk about was 
July the 19th. Now, what I did was I put this in in WhatsApp and didn't realize at the time that when we talk about that, it's actually this podcast is due to come out on the 20th of July. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about it being called Things to Consider for the 19th of July. And now you'll be listening to this on the 20th of July. So maybe we've got to put it to the nearest Sunday, which I believe is the 25th. Let's have a quick look. The 25th. So maybe we'll say is things to consider for the 25th of July. And that won't make any sense to anyone because everyone knows that the 19th of July is Freedom Day as it's being labeled in the UK uh, because that's the day when all uh, COVID restrictions are being lifted. But we're going to call this today things to consider for Freedom Day. I'll call it Freedom Day. Should we call it Freedom Day? Freedom Day? Um, I think is that the official term. I, I, you know what, I don't know. It's probably been dubbed by some tabloid paper. Um, let's let's not. Oh God, it's gone. If I set the tone before we've even begun, it's, a, it's sort of like. Well, and that, Lee that's... today has got three points on cynicism. Um, <laughs> and I think that's going to be the thing that we're going to, you know, these are things to consider. That whilst all lockdown restrictions are ending, there are still things to consider. And as your strategy of coming out of lockdown, there's going to be things that we've got to think about. And so it's not just as cut as cut and dry as it's all done. You know, let's just carry on. There's things we mm. need to think about. So that's what we're going to get into uh, today. So should we get? Let's get started with this, Lee. Uh, let's start uh, with. Am I going first? Well, I you know I wouldn't want to go first myself. I'd rather uh, give you your first one, and then I'll. You're, and, you such, know, a and good, you're such a good host. Well, I try. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so disingenuous. Uh, Lee, why didn't you go first? It, it, for anybody listening, as I said good evening and we're recording, it really isn't that late. Um, but I, I think you've caught Chris and I at a moment is, is where we're at. Hey, look, right. So yeah. look, my, my first one. Um, this is what, yeah, kind of like what we're considering um, once Freedom Day comes. My first one is be wary what you celebrate. What yeah. do I mean by that? This is, we, you know, like, let's say, like, it, it, you know, it's Freedom Day and we celebrate, you know, all that stuff around, you know, sort of like we can gather again, we can do this again, we've got the worship together again. Be careful about that because you don't want to make it look like we've had substandard for the last 18 months, um, yeah, in a bit, you know. You don't want to make it look like uh, that it also wasn't valid for those that still can't come, there are still people who will be isolating and there are still people who are vulnerable. Um, and you know, let's not make it too much about the physical gathering again. Let's be careful what we celebrate and the kind of language that we use so that we're sensitive to actually what's really going on. Um, part of that is our duty with all the stuff that we do. We're looking for those people who are, you know, um, the most vulnerable in society, people that are perhaps around us with levels of uh, you know vulnerability. But you know, if they're the people that we're trying to serve, I think we have to be really careful about the language that we use, what we celebrate, how we go about it, and so like not getting carried away or making it too much of a a high, but actually just making it very normal and very natural. It's like we've worshipped before, we've had messages before, we've all gathered before we're now got messages we're still worshiping and we're still gathering like 
I think it's important to keep it quite normal, make it look quite level, because we don't know what the mix is going to be. We don't even know what maybe this is going to look like in another three months or what it might be like at winter. So I'd just be just be careful what you celebrate, um, because as you do get back together and as you do encounter people again, and you'll have that steady mix where, you know, like all of the groups that people have been staying in, some of them won't have crossed over and met the wider group until they get back into a physically gathered space. People are going to have had very different experiences of this last 12 months from people who have been totally unaffected to those that have suffered loss from people who've been furloughed and have been financially unstable through to those who've been in, you know, other things that might have been stayed quite profitable and, you know, things have been okay. So just be careful what you celebrate, careful of your language and just make sure that you create that space and make it seem very natural and just a continuation of what's been going on. That that's, that's been my line of thought. Yeah. I think that's a really great thought because at the moment in the UK, as things stand, uh, cases are still on the rise. Uh, now the, the restrictions will be lifted, but cases are still on the rise. Hospital admissions are still going up um, and deaths are slightly gone up. They went down to, you know, very, very little in terms of COVID related deaths, mm. but they've just had a slight rise. It's and not anywhere near what it was in the last, you know, when we had uh, the second peak uh, back in December, January time. Uh, and there was quite a big upshot of, of deaths, you know, daily death rate was really, really high and, you know, obviously awful to hear, but this time it's, it's keeping very, very low. Um, so it's still things to keep in check. And I, the one thing I was aware of is that, you know, we've church has been, been able to meet even I think during that second lockdown, but many ch churches chose not to, uh, because, you know, of th thinking, okay, how is that going to help our community, the people we're serving? And I think this has been one of the, the strengths of the church in this time is that just because we can doesn't always mean that we should. And for some churches, it's, it's, it's been right. And I think that's, that's fine. I'm, not, I'm definitely not against that. And, um, and, and we're not here to tell you to do one way or the other. But I think what we're here to say is take a moment, take a step back, think about it. Think about what's going to serve your community best. Think about... Um, you know, what's going to serve your church best, you know, think about the congregation that you have and then serve, serve them as, as best as you can. And that means that, yeah, it, it may not be that big celebration that you maybe thought of, you know, you know, I think we all like that thought of this kind of like D-Day celebration where, you know, the COVID is over and more, but it's not quite like that. It's, it's very, very different. So I think, let, yeah, let's temper that expectation that it's going to be, everyone's going to come back and, uh, and yeah. it's going to be like it was in 2019. It's not going to be like it was in 2019. Uh, and so, yeah, I, and I, that's I, what I'm saying. It's the, it's the fact that people have had such different experiences throughout this period. And that's yeah. the bit to be really mindful of because some of those people, not all the groups are going to know. And as I said, you know, like you'll have, you'll have, if you've got people who've worked frontline compared to people and, you know, people that have been furloughed and their, you know, experiences. And like I said, like those that might have suffered tragedy during that period, whether that's COVID related or not, it's been harder to go through those experiences as a result of, you know, lockdown measures and things that have been in place. Look, being sensitive, like, this is a this this is a time where actually the, the, the church can just do its best um and and be an incredible example of of just basically great great communication and um showing why we're here and why we do what we do yeah yeah that that's really good great okay well, let's go on to um 
Let's go on to Let's my get to first your one. number one. Well, my one is probably is probably linked to it, and I, and it's a, probably a different it's a continuation of it. And my first one is that uh, many people still won't be ready to return to church, and it's it's firstly to think about online is still something that you know. I think everyone has probably hit that online fatigue thing. You know, we've gone from you know at the start we used to watch it on the TV, and then we realised that watching online church on the TV is almost impossible because if you've got kids, then they just kind of shout <laughs> their way through a mind. <laughs> um, and so then you go end up going to phones and then it all becomes, the experience becomes a little bit more difficult. And and so I think people, there's been, there has certainly been a fatigue and that even happened last year. So that's nothing new, you know, and I think we tried to have, there's been a bit of an attempt for a resurgence in some places and uh, and that's been, but it's been, it's been tough. I think we've had a, a dangerous, not dangerous, a difficult relationship with uh, online church. However, it's still in, an incredible tool and it will be one of the most important things that, that any church will have going forward because if anyone wants to check you out now, they will go to your website and then they can see your service. And so I, th- I think that's still going to be a great thing. And then there'll be some people they're just not ready to come back yet, even though all COVID restrictions are lifted. You know, we in the UK, all of We've got 87% of people have had their first dose of the vaccine. Uh, and I can't remember what it is for the second dose, about 50, 60%, somewhere around there. I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that one. I think, I think, and I think we've got a deadline coming up in the next couple of weeks of trying to get all yeah. of those improved as well. But yeah, it does. Yeah. What's the part of it? And I've got friends that have contracted COVID recently and had, and had the, you know, first vaccine so you know aware that whilst it's meant to be about 50% effective the first dose is obviously not 100% effective so people are still going to be wary especially in in my area where I'm where I live in Gloucester uh there's been this you know a lot of cases that have just emerged late on it feels like you know there wasn't many cases that you we could see of around especially around in my circle of of people I know, but suddenly it's just cases appearing everywhere at this late stage. And you think, gosh, how can that be? People are being vaccinated and all that kind of things. So it's obviously there's still things going on there. So people may not be ready to return and that's fine. And I think it's, it's being uh, still, still being okay with people not ready to come back and, and say, look, if you're not, if not in that place where you can come back, that's fine. Uh, and when you are, we'd love to be able to welcome you back. And uh, but you're still completely welcome online for as long as you need to be. And I think that's I think that shows great humility. I think that shows great uh, care and pastoral care, which I think is uh, what the church is obviously uh, should be is one of its hallmarks. So I think that yeah, I think let's just think about that people may not be ready, and that's definitely something to consider. Still think about online. Still think about how you can do that really, really well. It's not the end point where you think, great, we don't have to, you know, touch Facebook Live or wh- whatever you're using. It's not that. It's not the end of that, and nor should it be. So, uh, and some people, it might take people another year for some people to to feel ready to come back, and that's okay. And I think it's that pastoral, you know, there'll be that, it's that pastoral line of, of, of working through, of encouraging people back into community, but also allowing people to still engage in community online. Yeah, which you, you, you're touching on my, my second point. I think this is it. Every week, Chris, we do these, honestly, honestly, to all those listening, we do these in isolation. We do, and, yeah. 
and don't then collaborate on these talking, at all. It's like, uh, yeah, because I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like we're recording in the evening because trying to get anything together in the day, meaningful amount of time, is not impossible at this moment. Well, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's like, yeah, that we've we have not concocted these, but look, <laughs> look pick it, picking up on that. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. My second one is preparing for the pastoral response. Like we've, I touched on in my first point about everybody would have had a different experience of what's gone on. We're touching now on those that are returning and the anxieties and things that people might go through, or even the fact they might step back in and then feel the anxiety and have to move out. Um, shaping the pastoral, um, yeah, shaping the pastoral response from your church towards the people that you're about to engage is, you know, it one says it's a little bit late if we haven't already thought about this, but it's also never too late to start. So my encouragement would be is just think through that wide variety. There are people who've been used to being maybe slightly more alone. Um, and, you know, that's been compounded throughout this. And now they're going to return. And actually that's that, re, you know, re-engaging and um, looking what it's like to mix look just just prepare and start to think through a whole bunch of scenarios what does this look like for kids what does it look like for parents what does it look like for older people you know who who who's the makeup of your church what kind of things might they be going through what has been their experience of the lockdown how can you um help and signpost them this is the thing right pastoral response doesn't mean you have to do all the work there are incredible resources out there either through, you know, GPs and teams and local, you know, primary care. That's one route, you know, if, if it's on that, through to all the types of therapy, counselling, all the kind of like social prescribing stuff, charities and phone numbers and things. Get prepared because actually if somebody's doing great work in those areas, hook into it to be part of your pastoral response because everybody's had such a different experience and you don't know what might have been going on or what they've, not been able to articulate through this time so maybe expect as you do gather again that people are going to get triggered maybe into talking about some of the things that have gone on and there might actually be more to do um in that so yeah be prepared and think about proper ways to resource it um that's that's one that's very much on my mind because even though actually there's a lot of freedom around at the minute regardless you know we are all getting out a bit more you can go and do things I still think there's that when you go back to community that you've been really part of and in person, some of those people won't have mentioned things as much, maybe in online and other forms of communication, that when they do get back, you'll have that rise of emotions because of just physically being near people again that you maybe haven't seen as much or as many. Um, so yeah, prepare. Yeah, I um picking up on that. Um that thought of you know you don't have to do everything as a church and it's you know this could be a podcast episode in and of itself I think and uh, but it's probably worth just briefly picking up on that thought because I think many churches get worried that they've got to pick up on all of these pastoral issues mm. you know uh, mental health issues of course or, you know there's the massive wave of mental health uh, that we were just becoming aware of more and you know the, the issues that are around and obviously things like social media and all that kind of stuff isolation doesn't help that but um how can the church respond to that and i think previously in the past i think the church felt the need to be able to fix people and uh what we've 
quickly realized, well, maybe not quickly, it's very, very slowly realized probably, is that uh, you, there's certain things that you've really got to have expertise in to be able to do. And, uh, and what's the church's responsibility when it comes to pastoral care? And what what is it not? And I, I think whenever it goes into that kind of counseling line, that's when you want it to be, you need to be engaging with professionals. And that doesn't mean that you stop, you know, doing what good pastoral care is, which is, I think great pastoral care is kind of like a triage service, really. It's being able to pass people to the right place and then be able to support them in that. So if, if it's, you know, if it's helping with mental health issues, you can pass them on to a mental health charity, for instance, and support them through the way, be there, be friends to them, exactly. pray yeah. with them, uh, you know, maybe support them financially through that. Um, or, you know, marriage difficulties, for instance, if, if a, you know, if a couple's going through marriage difficulties, then you may not have you probably don't have the expertise to do it within your church you may do you might have some people who are trained counselors and if that's so then great but you you know i think it's in in these pastoral issues and this wave of pastoral care care that's going to be needed that actually there's going to be things where you've got to be badged up to do it and and so that we've got to be really aware of that so if it is you know marital issues you, you you can't just do that by yourself you can be you can bring pastoral care you can open the bible with people but that when it comes to counseling that situation pass them on to people who can really support and there's great christian charities out there and christian organizations that can help you don't try and do it yourself i think that's the big thing know where you're limit is and i think whenever it steps into that counseling uh mode uh i think that's where it is i think the um you can always be on on hand to be you know a, a friend a pastor in that situation to bring uh, to pray with people and to support but uh, but there's a difference between that and and counseling so just uh, as a little aside on that one but i think just be aware of that and don't do what's beyond your reach to do. Because actually, I think that's not the church's job. The church's job is to support people, to bring their, you know, bring spiritual well-being to people. I think that's, uh, and if we do that well, then we'll support them through all those things greatly. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. This is just the first half of the conversation we had. To listen to the full conversation, you'll need to join our members podcast. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church and click podcast on the menu at the top and it'll take you through there. It only costs the price of about one coffee per month. So it's well worth it and you'll love the full conversation. I'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.